Oh man. Oh man, oh man. Not again. Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley, you can never check me. Back to back for the niggas that didn't get the message. Back to back like I'm on the cover of Lethal Weapon. Back to back like I'm Jordan 96, 97. Ooh, very important and very pretentious. When I look back, I might be mad that I gave this attention. Yeah, but it's weighing heavy on my conscience. Oh, yeah. Going back to back. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going back to back in our fantasy league. In case you don't know, I'm Connor Jones. I am commissioner of the Shit Show Fantasy Football League. Of course, you're listening to the Shit Show's Helmet to Helmet podcast. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, Shit Show Fantasy Football League is a league started by myself and nine other bozos uh, out of the small town, not so small town, of Savannah, Georgia, as we were all attending school down there together. And... We've kept it rolling. We've all graduated. We've all moved on. But this is our way of keeping in touch and hopefully maybe uh, reaching out and touching the fantasy teams of people listening. Um, Not inappropriately, of course. Just like Midas touch is, I guess, where I was going with that. Don't sue me. Anyway, if if you'd like to follow and see where this league goes, you can can follow the podcast on Twitter at Helmet.com the number two helmet that's helmet two helmet or myself the host that's uh at rambler underscore jones and you'll find me right there before we get much further into the podcast we have some housekeeping a couple of uh a couple of alerts first of all jace who we interviewed last week and his christian mingle team is, uh, well, he traded on Sunday morning, perhaps Saturday evening, something like that. He traded Kenny Galladay and Carlos Hyde away to, uh, Daniel's Make Demarius Great Again for Tyreek, the freak. So, um, pretty good swap there. It's a great trade up for, uh, for Jace, who was my opponent this week, but wait, there was a second trade this week. It was yours truly trading Daniel again. Daniel, a little trade happy. Uh, I guess Daniel listened to Finger Eleven a little too much this week. Yeah, he definitely was listening to Finger Eleven. I traded away the Pittsburgh Steelers running back, James Conner. To get Devontae Freeman coming off of injury. Now, retrospect is 2020. Hindsight is 2020. Whichever of those you prefer. Obviously, James Conner dominated this week. And you'd probably think that giving away James Conner was going to uh, leave me with my pants down. Well, uh, well... Tyreek the Freak was joining my opponent's team. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later. But to start off, we have uh, a quick question. Now, this comes out from a close friend of the show, a uh, a Mr. WT, who uh, who's always been a far more insightful fellow than myself. He came at me with this wonderful question. WT says, uh, 
what's the show's take, Helmet to Helmet's take, on the trends of less and less points coming out of the QB position year over year? That's, a, I believe, a three-year trend that he's referencing. And that is a, that's a heck of a question. One that I have not been able to give a lot of time to analyze, but my gut, my experience, what I've seen and what I feel like I witness when I watch football is there is this level of heightened athleticism to the point where can anybody remember the last time there was a rookie who came into the league who didn't get playing time the first year, who was forced forced to learn and sit on the bench and get better and train to reach top level? No, it doesn't happen. These players are coming out faster and stronger straight out of college. You're getting CBs that cover like crazy. I think, first of all, defenses have gotten better and better. They're coming up with better techniques. And, you know, no small part is, uh, at least until this year, there were not a lot of protections for the quarterback in terms of uh, how hard they could be hit. This year may have swing, uh, swung the pendulum quite the opposite way. Look at our huge touchdown boom for the first five games. But, uh, you know, there's also been a huge increase in the value of a running back. I, I think football, uh, it's cyclical. There's a, there's a long amount of time where you will see, uh, you'll see people, uh, teams rather, not have a running back worth even sneezing at. And then all of a sudden, uh, the league on the whole starts popping off with a bunch of great high volume running backs. Think about it right now. We got Zeke. We have Gurley. David Johnson's on a bad team this year, but David Johnson. And then you have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, who, despite what we'll get to about Kamara's performance, uh, last year those guys were both running back ones on the same team. You just have this much more holistic view of what a running back can do. And a pass-catching running back, you know, of course, they'll catch the ball. That counts as a touchdown if it's thrown. But what's happening more, I feel like, is they're moving down the field quicker and they get right about to the five-yard line or less. And you're just going to smash it in. Why not? Why take the risk? We've all seen the Super Bowl game between the Seahawks and the uh, the Patriots. So I think there's a lot of things that factor into that. I don't think it's the decline of the quarterback, although they don't really make them like they used to. What's going to happen when we don't have Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady? There's, there's four elite pieces that are going to probably go out within five years of each other and retire. And I'm probably missing several that I'm just not even thinking about right now. But that's enough of that. That's something that we're going to have to spend a lot more time analyzing. And I, uh, I think anybody who played against Drew Brees on the Monday night game last night certainly doesn't think there's much of a decline in the uh, scoring for quarterbacks. So in other news... What do you live under a rock? In case you are living under a rock, Christian, Jay Ajayi has been placed on the injured reserve with the uh, 
the Eagles. Apparently, yesterday he tweaked his knee. Excuse me, yesterday, Sunday. Tweaked his knee playing a little bit of football, as one does. And uh, he had a bad back coming into the game, and he went right back into the game. Now, he didn't do much for you, as we'll get to, but apparently he tore his ACL. So, Ajayi go bye-bye. TJ Yeldon, apparently, is the uh, the guy, air quotes, in Jacksonville. That's according to uh, Doug Marone. Saquon Barkley, if you watched that game, he had a weird landing. He's fine, apparently. Rashad Penny, according to uh, Pete Carroll, will, and I'm, I'm sort of quoting here, maybe have a chance down the road. So, uh... Cash in your pennies now. There's probably not a lot of value. Uh, Evan Ingram. Nathan, I know you care about Evan Ingram. He's back to limited practice. Jamal Charles. What happened to my uh, Undertaker music here? Uh, Jamal Charles has been signed in 2018. That's uh, with Jacksonville, by the way. Doesn't change TJ Eldon. As I mentioned, he is quote-unquote the guy. We got uh, some rumors, some whispers, that uh, the Eagles have reached out to acquire LaShawn McCoy from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, of course, then a beat reporter in Buffalo said, What? No. But alas. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, suffered a chest injury Saturday. He has got uh, a day-to-day tag on him. And of course, the Rams wide receivers... Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup are both in the concussion protocol. Watch them closely. Uh, they may not make it back for this week's game. You never know. Do they even play this week? I didn't check for buys. They're in the concussion protocol, though. Well, uh, aside from my awareness of who's on buy and who's not sucking, these are some players who sucked for you this week. These are specifically players found in my league's lineups who uh, really helped, or didn't help, rather, make the difference in uh, winning or losing. You suck! So, uh, I played him. Dion Lewis with 4.3. Now, you can say, well, that's a fumble. You had a fumble. Yeah, okay. Derek Henry's a ghost. Dion Lewis is the best option in that backfield. And even he only had 4.3 points at the end of the game? Get out of here. Oh, but, you know, maybe the biggest... Ah, he deserved this this drop all by himself. Alvin Kamara. You suck! Man. I mean, I, I won't be a hypocrite. Obviously, I... I needed Alvin Kamara to suck, but uh, he was against me on Jace's team this week. But uh, wow, who would have guessed? I mean, he got vultured for two touchdowns. So if you want to add 12 points to his total, sure. But that's not how that would have worked. And we all know that. Uh, geez, maybe they were just trying to give him a rest game since Ingram was fresh and then they'll both be fresher going forward. Who knows? Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd dropped you uh, 6.4 points. That's not enough 
for a supposedly breakout wide receiver. Uh, Jordan Reed, tight end, 2.6. Tight ends are just trash this week. Uh, in fact, they're trash every week this year. If you don't have an injured tight end, you have a tight end who's getting you less than 7 points. Uh, aforementioned Jay Ajayi only got you 1.9 before he uh, before he disappeared, and I believe that was with a fumble as well. So you can blame injury, but he went back in the game and still didn't do anything. Golden Tate got you 6.7. That's that's almost tolerable. I, I put my threshold at about 8 points before they appear in here. So that's on the upper end. Then you got Corey Davis only getting you 6.9. Again, Titans are not as good as everyone want, everyone wants to think they are. I I don't want to guarantee it, but they're winning. The Titans are like perennial San Francisco Giants, if anyone watches baseball. They never score, and occasionally they're good enough to keep other people from scoring. But that's not how you win a game. That's never how you win a game. Look at... Uh, Look at Kansas City and Jacksonville. Jacksonville's number one scoring defense, and Kansas City pooped all over them. Anywho, Will Fuller gave you 2.5. He was supposed to be healthy, too. Adrian Peterson came out of the game after only giving you 5.2. He had a dislocated shoulder, but uh, he's going to be fine for next week, apparently. Jared Cook only got you 4 points. That's another crappy tight end, but... He's also on a really good team in our league, so none of us really mind that much. Tevin Coleman, four points. You'd think if Freeman was on a snap count, Coleman might have been a little higher up there, but I believe Ito Smith stole the touchdown in that game. Brandon Cooks gave you a goose egg. The only time he caught a ball, he got blown up. That's where the concussion started, so uh, ouch. I mean, it it's bad. Go, go watch the video if you're able. Uh... I think these are the kinds of hits that the league is trying to eliminate when they start throwing in all these rules that make it more candy-ass league. I say candy-ass sarcastically, of course. I want to see these guys have successful, long-lasting careers, but I also don't want it to be them out there in marshmallow suits. There's something about fast-moving football, you know? Anyway, before we get doc, dry, eh. before we get dragged down into that, Marshawn Lynch only gave you 5.1. And uh, maybe it wasn't this week, but I believe there was a fumble. Too tired to check. Denver defense. I don't normally talk about defenses. I don't think they're that important. But with negative two points. Negative two. That's not helpful. And uh, you got goose-egged by Quincy Anunwa. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's not that great. That's... That's going to hurt you. And I believe um, I believe it's Michael that I'm going to be talking to who uh, tried to drop some massive shit saying that we all missed out when we didn't pick up a Nunois. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of a different player. But you know what? That's all behind us. We have all been drawn out from under that rock. You all should know now, not just who sucked, but uh, what sort of happened with the weekend in a way. To get a little closer look at one match this week, we're going to look at our uh, match of the week. No way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. Well, quite like Dwight Schrute there, uh, that's how I felt going into Monday night. 
my uh, my team, Gronk with the Wind, going into uh, Monday Night Football last night against Jace's Christian Mingle. I was up 103.5 to Jace's 82.5, and uh, it didn't look good for me. I may have had the quote-unquote projection uh, of higher than Jace's, but Jace had Alvin Kamara, who uh, just just checking, I believe it was, yeah, it was Kamara who had over 40 points last week. Uh, over 40, around 40. I'm going to get so much shit for not knowing my numbers right now. But he also had Jordan Reed. Now, I had a player of my own, but we're talking like Chris Thompson. You know, I I expected a little bit of volume, but I wasn't expecting staving off someone like Alvin Kamara. I was very not optimistic. Uh, 38.6 is what Kamara had last week. Nearly 40 points. Uh, so the game starts and I deliberately stop to not pay attention. Like I, I deliberately get myself away from the TV. I don't look at my phone because I know it's either going to happen all at once in the first half of the game or it's going to be a last minute thing. And so I'm watching and, oh, first two drives for New Orleans, they scored, but Kamara got like two points. And, you know, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and then, oh, wow, you know, Washington's not really forcing the ball down the field. They're not really going to challenge, which means that it's probably going to be Kamara and Ingram just eating up yards while New Orleans just uh, kind of tries to eat away time. Nope. Drew Brees was, uh, he was on fire yesterday and... Alvin Kamara, man, just wasn't anywhere near the Flames. Uh, for that matter, neither was Jordan Reed, but like I said, Washington sucked. Uh, strictly by volume, Chris Thompson got uh, nine points or something like that. Just, you, uh, you just never know how those things work. But I ended up holding off. Jace's team with uh, about, I believe, 112 to Jace's 90. So I had a little bit of room, a little breathing room to spare. But man, you just never know how football is going to go. This is, remember, two teams that traded, one to get stronger this week and one to get uh, stronger in the future. So that actually parlays directly into our uh, regurt section. This actually goes out to Jason and I again. Uh, this is not to be narcissistic. narcissistic. Um, Jace and I obviously have both been on the podcast now. And uh, there is no love loss between the two of us, though. You do not have to think that we are best buds. You should see our group chat history. If you haven't, go follow the podcast. We had uh, Daniel share a screenshot of Jace's choice words for me yesterday but realistically jace probably would have won if uh if he had carlos hyde and uh kenny galladay and perhaps a different tight end but 
Flip side, I would have not had to worry about anything if I had also not traded away uh, James Conner. So we both basically weakened our teams this week. Um, One of us unintentionally. And it paid off. For a little insight too, uh, my trade, Devontae Freeman for James Conner, I was looking long term. For those of you out there who are trying to make trades like this, who see that they have James Conner and they really truly fear about his future, which I'm not quite as pessimistic on as everyone else is. James Conner to me is somebody you can trade away to a team that either has a couple hard matchups coming up and they want to get big wins between now and James Conner's bye week, which is the aforementioned week that uh, Lev Bell is supposed to return. We'll see about that. You know, that is how you need to frame it. You need to frame it as here's a guy who can get somebody several weeks of wins. Because if you look at Daniel, who uh, Jason and I both traded to, um, he ended up winning by like a, uh, well, he had 127 points. And I think his opponent didn't even break 100. So, um, you know, maybe he didn't have to worry about getting those trades, but 32 points from, uh, from James Conner definitely helped him solidify that. So Jace, I'm sorry to bring you up so much in this podcast, but, uh, I think you, uh, when you traded away your two players, you did a little bit of this. That doesn't get old. Now, uh, I skipped over this next section last week. I was uh, a little more focused on giving you guys an opportunity to hear Jace's little Alabama twang. Um, But I'm bringing it back because there are some things that you all should learn. Under my tutelage, you will grow from boys into men, from men into gladiators, and from gladiators into Swansons. All right. Trying to help you guys move along in your path to becoming Swansons. I'm not sure you're even gladiators yet. But in the efforts, this week I want to uh, to address snap counts. Now, for both my league mates and those of you out there who probably don't even care about snap counts or don't even know what snap counts are, um, I'm I'm kind of looking at you, Christian. Um, We're not talking about the number of times you can snap before somebody gets annoyed. That's not a snap count. A snap count is the number of times that a particular player is in for a play. So every time you snap the ball, you're technically putting the ball in play. So you can look at these. These are numbers that don't affect your actual fantasy points, but they do correlate. So, great example is Rashad Penny. Um, Rashad Penny comes out of uh, Seattle's backfield. He's one of, I don't know, probably a dozen running backs now up there. Who knows? He was very impressive coming into this year. People were hoping that he would come in and that he would have some sort of established volume. Of course, volume being the number of 
the percentage rather of the team's like uh yard gaining plays if you will you know uh how much time he gets to be on the field as opposed to his teammates who do the same thing well he started off in a pretty favorable snap count meaning he was on the field four plays but over the next probably two or three games all of a sudden those snap counts just went further and further down and you started to see this trend now his points didn't drop off he wasn't scoring a ton of points to begin with but he went from you know six points seven points ish uh to dropping slightly but what preceded every drop in points was his drop in snaps the week prior and now this last week i'm not even sure he got a point and his snap count was down in i think in the single digits of you know however many snaps are played in a game per offense so you can look at trends and snap counts and they'll help you determine things like oh wow rashad penny just he just didn't play a lot this week uh you can literally say yeah look he literally wasn't on the field he did he was not a uh, his snap counts are low that's probably a bigger issue he probably won't get a lot of snaps anymore but if a player is on the field a lot has a lot of snaps uh a great player as an example that is gronk gronk is on the field for like 80 percent of snaps all the time when he doesn't get points it's not because he's not out there or because he's being swapped out for someone else it's because the defense was good or the coverage was good or tom brady sucks which is something you can kind of say this year a little bit more than you could ever before uh snaps can help determine unknown value too so you can look at a team and you're going man why did robbie anderson pop off this week and then you go and you look and you realize robbie anderson is in like the high 80s and snap count for the new york jets as a wide receiver and you just go ah so he's been present he's just finally catching the ball now uh, that's not a bad example but i will caution that uh the only reason robbie anderson got so many points this last week as an aside is because quincy and Nunwa had zero so they kind of siphon from each other you can't necessarily predict that one or the other is going to get a lot of points regardless of snap count uh but that said snap count can be very valuable as a tool to help you decide who's worth stashing for a few weeks later or if somebody's truly done so hope that helps y'all and uh don't be afraid to reach out to the podcast on twitter if there's any other questions about that we can help answer but speaking of needing somebody to answer here, we got our uh, second interview of the year. We got a uh, Mr. Michael Weatherhead on our phoning it in section. Phoning it in. All righty. So this week we got uh, Michael Weatherhead, a new friend of the show and uh, new to our league. Michael, uh, thanks for joining me today. And uh, I guess we'd all like to know a little bit more about you to start off. How are you doing today, first of all? Well, Connor, happy to be here, but uh, can't complain. It's 10 o'clock at night, watching the game. Life is pretty good. That's awesome. Now, uh, for those who uh, for those who don't quite know, 
in other words, everybody except Austin. Um, <laughs> who is who is the man behind the name Michael Weatherhead? Like, what what do you uh, what do you do for a living? Who are you? Well, started in 1989. Uh, Tupinow. Uh, I'm a management consultant. <laughs> I met Austin in Australia, so I'm Canadian, obviously, by the accent. Um, yeah, Austin and I lived in the same building in Melbourne, so started watching football together. As logically, we're the only two people there who do. And mm-hmm. then he told me about this band of the de- uh, degenerates, which I gather is you guys, and here <laughs> we are. Well, um, I, I definitely appreciate his commentary on us and uh i'll just i'll let you know on a little secret because these things get changed year over year but last year when we knew he was down there in australia for the whole season uh and i believe for several years prior we had secretly changed his uh his group name to dingo fucker uh which man i it was mixed review from austin i think on one hand he thought we were making a comment about his girlfriend at the time, which, by the way, Austin, we weren't. We just were making fun of the fact that you were in Australia and definitely shagging some of those wild dogs. So, um, But cool, so you're from Canada, and you also ended up in Australia. That's always interesting to me because, I don't know, I guess most of the United States is not considered Commonwealth. Is Canada and Australia, to get a little off track here from what the podcast is about, they're both Commonwealth, right? They're both Commonwealth. You got it. So you can basically go there for not necessarily as long as as you want, but for a good length of time, right? Uh, there are some visas that help you out. Yeah, uh, although ah. Americans get too. I'm pretty sure you guys get the same thing. Maybe a different name, but it's like a working holiday, um, or you just get a straight up work visa. Well, Depends what you do. I know what I might be trying to do in the off season. So if uh, if my podcast next year comes in from upside down, that's what's happening. Um, well, I guess to move forward a little bit, obviously you're new to our league, but uh, I take it you've played fantasy football for quite a while. What? Uh, wh- when did you first start playing fantasy, and what keeps you coming back? What is it about uh, absentmindedly setting lineups of players that you're never going to meet in real life that's so fun? Well, I've been probably dabbling since, oh, I don't know, like 2010, 2009, fantasy football. Um, Always liked the game, and it was honestly a good way to get drunk with friends in university (laughs) and and draft, uh, you know, a hell of a team back then. Um, When when the Edder and James of the world were the the go-tos. And then I just keep doing it. It's just, a, you know, it, it, it's a good ritual every year with the guys. We get together and it's a good way to talk shit for about 17 weeks. I feel Which that. Which is all I really need, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, there's – it's kind of a silly question in some ways, I guess, because is there ever really – is there ever a reason needed for an opportunity to drink beer with buds? No. Not really. So. Oh, okay. No, um, taking their money. So I, 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 I apologize. What was that? So I also do enjoy taking their money. So that, that also works. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Austin and I know something about that. Not the way that we're shaping up this year, but, uh, Hey, speaking of this year and things shaping up, uh, 
I'll uh, I'll inform the rest of our eight listeners <laughs> and and mom. Hi mom. Uh, Michael this year is uh, started off I believe two and zero. Correct. Two and zero. Two and zero, uh, and has since been on a little bit of a skid. In fact, I believe uh, yeah, checking right now. Uh, currently with no horses in the Monday night game, we, uh, we appear to have your matchup pretty well finalized. You're going to go two and three, but you know, that doesn't say everything. How are you feeling about how you've been playing this year and, uh, how the rest of your year is shaping up? Well, you know, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, so I just got to keep the same record as my team. And, uh, (laughs) you know, the season looks pretty good on their end as well. We had a couple of rough losses and I think, uh, we're gonna bounce back stronger, but <laughs> on our, on our, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not worried. Honestly, the, the I'm pretty happy with my team still. Um, I think like I was telling you off air here, when Eric Ebron drops 27 points on a Thursday night and James Conner runs off for 32 and a half points, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter the kind of week I was gonna have. I, I don't think I was I was uh, I was uh, standing much of a chance this week, but I think we'll be okay for the future here. A um, couple of goose eggs that I wasn't expecting. Apart from that, I think we'll uh, we'll reevaluate come next week, but I think we'll be okay. I completely understand. Well, and as I know I'm going to say earlier in the podcast, there were two trades that directly affected your outcome this week. Uh, Daniel got a little trade happy here in week five. Uh, that is to say, he now has the same number of trades that I do, so not too trade happy. But he did end up picking up the aforementioned James Conner. That was uh, that was a big point swing from my, from my team to his. Uh, and he got Kenny Galladay and Carlos Hyde, who all really helped uh, him avoid any goose eggs on his end. So um, yeah, it was just I'm I'm playing with the abacus here, and it it looks like unfortunately with the trades that went through, there was really no chance, even with uh, a perfect lineup. This week, you know, that's the way football goes, though. Uh, yeah, and, and thanks for that, by the way. I appreciate you screwing me before our interview. Uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe Jace was right. Maybe there is an interview, uh, an interview curse there. I'm not sure, Connor. You know, I, that, I would be hard-pressed to believe that, only because you only confirmed to do this interview on Sunday afternoon uh, when most of your points were decided. So, uh, I'm... No, excuse me. That was Monday morning, wasn't it? This morning. Or shadowing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chalk it up to a, a wash. What would really seal the deal is if I somehow also beat Jace, because that would ultimately be I'm just sucking the life out of every person I interview, which I don't mind. Let's keep these interviews rolling. Uh, well, I guess to, uh, to shift gears from the record and, what's uh what's transpiring with your team this year um i guess i'd really like to ask you about uh league-wide not necessarily uh just your team but league-wide what's a player that you see uh we're week five so i guess breaking out is kind of a arbitrary term now but who is going to be a league winner breakout for the rest of the year who you think i mean that not just our championship team but teams across America are probably going to need to have on their roster to be there. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to leave off the, the obvious, uh, you know, Todd Gurley's Alvin Kamara's, mm-hmm. uh, because I think at this point it, it's pretty clear they're not the breakout that we weren't expecting. Um, 
know, maybe, maybe Kamara a little bit, but still. Um, so I'm never really good at these because last year I totally said Amari Cooper was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And clearly that was, you know, a little off the case. I, I like Mike Evans as a really big wide receiver threat going down the road. Um, I think he's probably pretty up there on the list already, but mm-hmm. I, I think he is going to be one of those like uber reliable, um, will probably workhorse you into the playoffs anyway. I don't know if he'll get the same sort of production numbers like a Gurley or a Kamara, especially not like that 40 whatever point week Kamara had last week, but yeah, yeah, maybe him. Well, I, I can certainly see that. And I, I think that's a great pick because Evans has not been reliable the last several years. He's dropped a lot in people's overall skill position rankings. And, uh, no, I don't think he was an obvious pick at all. You know, cause what I really look for when I, when I'm deciding a, a pick like that for somebody who's going to win somebody the league, it's, you can say the girlies. Yeah. They're definitely decision makers, but every team has got a girly or a Camara, uh, unless, you know, somebody pulls, uh, tries to outsmart everyone and pick somebody way down the list in the first round. So I, I like Mike Evans because I believe Mike Evans went mid-second round for us um, in our league because he is currently on the same team as, uh, yeah, as the Antonio Brown owner. So that means that he had to go 20th, um, which is just kind of mind-blowing. Uh, excuse me, not 20th. He would have had to have gone mid-second round. But, uh, yeah, that's just pairing Mike Evans with Antonio Brown. Let's just say that, uh, that we're going to be seeing a little bit of the terracotta army walking alongside Nathan for the rest of the year. And that's not going to be boding well for the rest of us. Um, well, we can get a little lighter really quick. Um, I like to ask this mostly because it definitely changes according to, uh, to everybody's tastes and how they were raised, but what what is your football Sunday go to snack or meal anything? You know that certainly changed when I moved down under, but uh, I would say traditionally mm-hmm. was a Sunday barbecue at my place. Um, the guys come over, we do burgers, hot dogs, probably order pizza. So yeah. Pretty pretty classic meal, I think that most people go with, and then uh, the chips. Uh, probably, yeah, barbecue, barbecue and beer um, okay. or whiskey. Nothing, uh, nothing crazy regional. You don't think poutine is the go-to? Nothing like that. Yeah, I'm a pretty fake Canadian when it comes to that kind of stuff. I won't <laughs> lie. Um, I'm a, I'm very much a whiskey and, and barbecue kind of guy <laughs> before the poutine. I'll tell you what, you just won the vote of Jace. Uh, coming out of Alabama down there. And uh, you know what? That sounds good to me, too, even being from California. I guess you could say I'm a fake Californian because I don't get wedge salads and I don't uh, I don't put avocado on literally everything. So, And you're not uh, vegan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. I, I'm not vegan, and at, at 24, I still don't have a Botox injection? What am I doing? Uh, dangerous life, man. Oh, gosh. I hate to see what my face will look like in 50 years. With, look at uh, my yeah. yeah. Well, um, I guess uh, my last question for you then uh, is what uh, 
Do you have Do you have any uh, smack talk you want to throw out on the league? This is your uh, This is your opportunity. The airwaves are yours. What What do you want to say? See, this is I, I feel bad here because it's hard because most of my smack can be directed to one man and one man only, and, that, and that's Austin um, because I have so much on him from our time overseas. And, uh, including a video, Austin, that you know exactly what video I'm talking about, um, that I, I don't think I'll air yet to you guys, but it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> um, so maybe that'll be my first little, uh, I'll just drop a little, a little hint there and have Austin come at me. Uh, um, but, you know, I'm going to stay quiet for now. I'm still the rookie, still two and three on my season. So, uh, check back with me in a couple of weeks. Well, you know, that, that sounds good. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I know, uh, I mentioned to Jace, probably, uh, wouldn't be the end of the world to try and, as of, uh, playoffs week in the fantasy world, try to get a, uh, group interview going so that we can, uh, talk some massive shit all together. But, uh, no, I, I concur with that sentiment. But, hey, I believe the good news is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna verify this before I, make this statement but ooh, well maybe not after this week but as of right now as of recording you are performing as the second best rookie in our league so that is a lot to be proud of especially coming into a league where the six who uh who roll over every year definitely um we pay enough attention Christian is questionable, but the rest of us pay attention. So, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm gassed on questions. I don't quite have uh, anything left to ask. But uh, last thoughts or anything from uh, from you, Michael? Well, um, who's going to ask you about your team, Connor? When when is the uh, Connor interview himself? segment begin. I mean, let's have a look at your uh, your team. You know, okay. I I like to think of this podcast in general as as heavily introspective. Um, obviously, if we want to get down and dirty with my team, uh, we'll have to have an opportunity. And uh, you know, maybe maybe what we do is we have another Skype interview, but I relinquish the reins and. I have to explain myself. Uh, and you know what? I think you're a leading contender to do that if, uh, if you'd be so interested, perhaps a few weeks down the line. But what's that show they call it? The, the, the roast of Connor Jones? Would, would that work? How would that? <laughs> you know, why don't you throw you, it to the commentary and see what they say? I don't know. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll leave it to the peanut gallery to decide when and what questions are asked of me. I, I'm always open for that. I think um, the fact that I'm even running this podcast for the league is a little bit of a, a pretty clear sign of narcissism. So I, I try not to, to aim the microscope at myself too much since it's already mostly me talking all the time anyway. Um, I actually no, love I, it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, Connor. This is great. I've been in a lot of leagues and a lot of different platforms, and this is by far the most fun um, setup for a league. I gotta tell you. You know, I I always appreciate hearing that because the only reason I do this is for everyone. Um, I've I've mentioned a, numerous times. I used to do those league notes, and uh, I just thought this is more fun because 
you can think you know how somebody is saying something. You know, you can read fuck you, you can read your, you know, you suck balls. But to hear it from someone's mouth, just, you just can't get better than that. So I, I will continue to improve this podcast for the people. And, uh, you know, I look forward to have even more uh, interviews with all the rest of our members of the league. Michael, you've been excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, sir. It's been fun being on. I'd like to thank Michael once again for taking the time to chat with us. And, um, yeah, back-to-back wins, baby. This is, uh, this is your uh, resurgent former champion signing oh, man. off. And, uh, oh, Christian, man. Oh, man. Christian, you're next. Not again. So I'm going to go back to back to back. Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley. You can never check me. Back to back for the niggas that didn't get the message. Back to back like I'm on the cover of Lethal Weapon. Back to back like I'm Jordan 96, 97. Oh, very important and very pretentious. When I look back, I might be mad that I gave this attention. Yeah, but it's weighing heavy on my conscience. Yeah, and fuck you left the boy no options. I want to see my niggas go insane. You gon' make me step out of my fucking frame. You gon' make me buy bottles for Charlemagne. You gon' make me go out of my fucking way. I waited four days, nigga, where y'all at?